Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, December 11th, 2023. We're moving into the, from one perspective, we might say the high point of the spiritual year. So it's good to have all of us together again uh, in this monthly format, wherein we work with all triangles workers throughout the world to stimulate our participation in this global service activity, particularly needed at this period of difficulty in our planet, this difficult transition between the outgoing energies and the incoming energies. But as we come together um, with a commingling of our auras, our auric field, and uniting with all other triangles workers, we have a real opportunity to contribute towards the upliftment of planetary consciousness. So if you're new to triangles, welcome. And we wanted to offer you the opportunity, if you are so inclined, to place your name in the chat box um, and reach out to two other people on the call today. And we might be able to form some new triangles. Whether you're new to the work or an old and seasoned member, new triangles are always welcomed. And so just to say a few thoughts about the service activity of triangles, you can see in the chat box, we've posted a document that clearly explains the work of triangles. It's a, it's a global service activity, a daily practice using the power of visualization and the power of thought and linking with two other people who agree to form and visualize a triangle, triangular link with you every day. So three people join together to form a triangle of light. And then as they visualize the triangle between themselves, they link with any other triangles they might be a part of, and also with all triangles workers throughout the world, visualizing our planet surrounded by a network of triangles, golden triangles, which are distributors of light and goodwill. And as this vast network is visualized, we use the Great Invocation, which is a world prayer, to release and distribute the energies contacted and release them into the consciousness of all humanity, helping to stimulate goodwill in the world. And so it's really um, a, sim a rather simple technique that only takes a few minutes, and it can be fit, therefore, into even the busiest of schedules. So welcome, and um, we hope to form more triangles as we move into this intense phase of our planetary history. For the more triangles we have, the more we can help in bringing through hierarchical energies into the world. So our theme for today is joy and strength two qualities defining the new group of world servers. And I just wanted to 
share a few thoughts before we open it up to our speakers today. And as I said, this this time of year is particularly joyous in its undercurrents. For as we know, the um, the zodiacal year is a progressive one. We begin in the sign of beginnings, which is Aries. Our spiritual year begins with that sign. And then we come here to another fire sign, Sagittarius, wherein we work to move quickly forward upon the spiritual path, having come through the difficulties and challenges of the sign of Scorpio, we were released into the freedom and the joy and strength, really, of this sign of Sagittarius, wherein the archer sees the goal, reaches that goal, and then sees another. And in the distance, the goal that he sees is the mountaintop of initiation in Capricorn. So that's really the goal for this time of year, wherein we move quickly forward. It's really a liberating time, a time when we should feel a sense of freedom, perhaps, from the usual weights of living through this transition period. And despite what's happening in the outer world, the new group of world servers hold their responsibility to keep the vision strong before the eyes of humanity. And so this particular energy can aid us in that work that we do. And it's helpful to know that energetically, this is an important energy to work with in terms of the planet itself, because we know that triangles is essentially concerned with the transformation of the etheric grid of our planetary life. Our planet is uh, what's called a non-sacred planet, and the work of triangles is essentially geared towards aiding in the transition from being a non-sacred planet, wherein the etheric body of the planet is surrounded by a network composed of squares, which are reflective of the personality, and we're moving into a sacred planet, a planet wherein that etheric body is surrounded by a network of triangles. And one of the ways in which we can move more concertedly from a non-sacred to a sacred planet is through this visualization of triangles, through the ability to release our planet from the bonds of personality living with its selfishness, its separativeness, and its entrenched materialism, and move into the freedom, the relative freedom, joy, and strength of the soul. So Sagittarius provides us with that opportunity because the Earth, our planet, is said to be the esoteric energetic field that is stimulated during the month when the sun is going through the sign of Sagittarius. So we have a beautiful opportunity now with the earth ruling esoterically. Esoterically, the earth is already a sacred planet. So with this energy, the work of triangles is really stimulated. 
helping us to move forward. And as we do, as we move towards this culminating energy of the year, wherein once we reach the solstice and then the Christmas period, and then the this year, the Capricorn full moon, which occurs on the day after Christmas, on the 26th, we have a powerful time of year to work spiritually. And as we're led to understand, it's not just a Christian holiday. The energies that, the potency of the energies that are released during this time each year are for all humanity, as is the Christ himself. The Christ will not step forward as a Christian teacher. He comes forward not under the guise of any one particular religion or faith, but comes instead for people of all faiths, of all religions, of all spiritual traditions. And so we're told that during this approach to the Christmas period, we're asked to keep our alignment and therefore to keep our triangles work strong and our group united so that we can be able as a group to appropriate the powerful energies which the Christmas season and the solstice always release. There's an interesting um, passage that was written down by a woman named Flower Newhouse, who was a theosophist in the past century, and a woman who had great ability to work with the Davic energies. She said that three days before the Christmas day, where great activity was undertaken in the inner realms within the Davic field, cooperation between the devas and the spiritual hierarchy and those members of humanity who can make themselves available. And so she said that on the the third day prior to Christmas, there was a great stimulation of the mental body of humanity with these energies of the Christ life. And then the day before Christmas, there was a vast stimulation of the emotional body of all humanity linking us together as a distributing agents, agency for the energies of love. And then on the Christmas day itself, there was a powerful release of the etheric energies of the Christ force throughout the planet. And so we in Triangles can appropriate this time, appropriate these energies of the Christ life, and work together with the Davic realm and with the spiritual hierarchy to use the power of our united thought to bring through a waved, a tide of spiritual energies, which can aid us to become a distributing agency for the spirit of peace who overshadows the Christ at this time, so that we can aid in bringing peace to our troubled world, for a measure of peace is needed in order for the reappearance to occur. And I just wanted to close with a brief, a very brief prayer that the Tibetan gives out in the book, The Externalization of the Hierarchy. This book, if you read through it at this time, you'll find a wealth of inspiration as to 
what the spiritual workers of the world are called upon to do, how we're called upon to use the power of our thought to connect us with the hierarchy and to therefore distribute its energies to all humanity. And the Tibetan gave this prayer, which he said he encouraged people to use on Christmas Day, and I would say on the three preceding days to Christmas, as a means of stimulating our planetary life. So we'll place it here on the screen now, and we can just say it. O Lord of light and love, come forth and rule the world. May the Prince of Peace appear and end the warring of the nations. May the reign of light and love and justice be begun. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with us. So now let's work with our reflection on our powerful prayer, the Great Invocation. Let's link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are part of this triangle's service work. And now let's visualize the world's situation as best you can, seeing people everywhere glowing with a dim light, and here and there points of brighter light, where men and women of goodwill and spiritual intention and loving hearts are working for their fellow human beings. Now visualize through the creative imagination the vivid light of the spiritual kingdom streaming towards humanity and slowly merging with the light which is already in humanity. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. Now let's ponder upon the reappearance of the coming world teacher and realize that no matter by what name 
he may be called in the many world religions, he is still the same great identity. Reflect and speculate upon the possible results of his appearance. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. Endeavor to concentrate your fixed intention to serve and to spread love in your surroundings. And realize that insofar as you can do these things, you're attempting to blend your personal will with the divine will. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. And now we'll sound the Om, dedicating the threefold group personality to the working out of the divine plan on earth. Oh. Oh.
Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to introduce our first presentation of the evening to by Tomas Born from the Czech Republic. And he will be presenting on our first discipleship quality, uh, joy. Hello, Tomas. Can you share your screen? And welcome. Hello, thank you very much. Let me just share the screen. Um, is it visible now? Yes. Okay. So first of all, thank you very much for the opportunity to to join Triangles, which uh, which are so precious and so nice to be here with you. Um, and uh, also, thank you very much for this very nice topic, um, exploring what joy in Sagittarius can be found. Um, in one book, which I read about astrology, uh, Sagittarius is described as the moment where you uh, actually can woke up, woke out in the, and you can see the open sky, which is uh, which is above you, and all the stars and the creative order that the creative forces and energy, uh, which is around us. And you can actually feel the joy that uh, we are part of this and that uh, we as human beings can participate on this uh, creative uh, venture that, uh, <laughs> and uh, that this venture hopefully will also uh, lead to um, uh, good and, and, uh, and prosperous uh, future. And in the presentation, I would like to, to be focused on three key points. Uh, one is the creative order, which is around us and uh, which is uh, the basis uh, for the, so that we are able to see the goal and to align the goal to the purpose, <clears throat> and then uh, hopefully also to reach the the goal on the on the way, uh, which also requires the humility and uh, the and also the strength to uh, uh, to go um, all the all the part which is uh, which is needed. Um, <clears throat> let me start with a creative order where uh, actually as we stand and in in Sagittarius we have the great opportunity that uh, after the tensions that we went through in uh, uh, in Scorpio and also where we were quite deep uh, inside we can suddenly get up to the uh, to the to, to the surface and uh, to see the sky and to to see that all around us is light and it's actually created by uh, great intelligence and in inspiration. Uh, we can see trees that uh, are able to connect the heaven and the earth and to uh, to take the light and to materialize all the inspiration and to connect and serve uh, so that uh, each tree is able to to create oxygen and also to help with all the moisture and uh, everything which is needed for life. And then uh, we have rivers that uh, somehow as the as the water from the forest are collected, when you enter into the into the river, you can feel the cycle of life, 
as it as it flows and uh, um, actually as as you from the place you are born till uh, till the ocean where you actually merge merge with the one life and uh, then you actually come back and uh, through the sky you, you return again as the as the as the rain uh, back to the to the earth so that you can uh, continue in this cycle again <clears throat> and then at some moment. Uh, you can realize that actually everything around us uh, is, is light and all these parts, the trees, the, the river, all that somehow follows uh, some goals which are aligned with, uh, with the purpose. And uh, <clears throat> in the river, I, I would like just to pick up one example, is that salmons, when they actually, when they're born in the small parts where the river is really small, with some small, small ponds, they travel down to the sea and the ocean and when they spent most of their lives, where they assume all the nutrients and uh, and experience, and then at some moment they feel that their only goal uh, in life is then to come back to the place where they were born, to finalize the cycle. And uh, on the way back, they basically stop eating, stop assuming more torture, uh, and just go towards uh, their born place. And some some of them manage to uh, to bring some new life. In this, uh, in this born place, some of them not, but we can say that almost all of them are eventually eaten and taken by local animals like birds and others, but then their bodies are actually brought to the forest and uh, all the nutrients and the precious nutrients from the ocean get to these, to these forests, which are mainly in another parts of Canada, and the forest can be reinforced again and, and uh, let's say work in this cycle. So in this way, when you see how the the, the tree, the, the river and the Pisces and all these, uh, all the different uh, uh, <clears throat> components and participants in the creation around us, they try to have their goal aligned with purpose, regardless if it is, if they are aware of it or not. And uh, we can maybe try to, or we can, we should try to, uh, to get our goals aligned to this, to this purpose. And um, let me, when one thinks about one of those goals, is that uh, most of uh, Tibetans they actually try to uh, to reach every every year a place uh, where their goal and life life purpose life can be aligned to the to the purpose which is in Mount Kailash, and um, as they as they go there, they actually very often they have to uh, be focused. And they have to uh, try so that uh, on the way they have acceptance. They need to use lots of strengths. And in the meantime, uh, they just uh, feel that uh, the way itself becomes the goal for them. Because during the whole way, they do not try to step on the mountain. They just try to to keep the cycle, to, uh, uh, to, to bow, to even to go to the land and to, uh, to, to show respect. And in the meantime... All that is to is to train the ability to to be aligned with uh, with the purpose and uh, with the service which one should then render in the in the rest of uh, of their lives, and uh, as they go on this on, on this on this way, uh, then a certain moment they feel lots of joy, even though I think the strength and the energy which they need to put in is very strong, because when one realizes that you have to go around about fifty five kilometers. And it is just not, lots of them. It's not just normal walking. They actually bow in every two or three steps. Uh, so it might take them a couple of weeks. So some of them uh, can feel this joy and happiness that they are aligned. Uh, in this case, this family 
is actually uh, they reached uh, for the their part of the goal because they reached the Dolmala Pass, uh, which is the pass where uh, where you can feel the, the presence of Tara. The minds and the mother of the of the Buddhist minds is there, and uh, even though it's it's about it's the highest point of this of this travel, and even though it's it's more than twenty kilometers to the to to to, uh, to to make the circle, so basically this family they might have about I think two to three weeks before they can actually finalize the whole tour, and very often they will maybe go for another one uh, after they finalize the cycle. They surely feel joy. And uh, this is what I would like to share with you today. And I wish that all of us uh, can align our goals with, uh, with the purpose and feel the joy uh, which uh, comes out of it. So thank you very much for, for your attention. And again, thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you here today. Thank you so much, Thomas. Um, I forgot to introduce you to just say that you are from the Czech Republic and that you try to sense inspiration from the ageless wisdom and from mother nature as your presentation has reflected and then in your personality we might say life you develop and apply technologies that serve health and well-being so again thank you so much for being here with us and now we'll like to hear from a returning guest and longtime student of the ageless wisdom judith hegedeth from hungary hello judith Thank you so much, Kathy uh, and Thomas, um, for the invitation and um, the opportunity to, to be with you um, today again. Um, when asked to speak on this topic, uh, strength, uh, I started to think about the different angles of how I can actually approach this subject, aided by the full title for today's webinar, which also mentioned joy. I thought about my own definition of strength and how it has evolved over time when I started to approach it more from a spiritual perspective. I would like to describe this in the next few minutes and offer a few examples of what strength in the spiritual sense might be and how the new group of world servers can attain it on a sustainable basis. The personality-based interpretations of strength can be easily visualized. There is physical strength um, that is needed, for example, for the, the hike that Thomas just showed us in his presentation. Emotional strength or endurance, mental strength or perseverance. Nowadays, it's very trendy to actually talk about something called grit, which can be understood um, as another form of strength. I think mostly in the mental sense. However, with these forms, the sources of strength are the forces of the personality, not the energies of the soul. We have um, a physical goal, like hiking up a mountain, or we desire a promotion at work, and we go for it. We make plans and stick to them, overcoming hurdles, managing and solving difficulties, and we implement our plans in our physical world. At some point, though, and this could be many lifetimes, for an individual. Strength dissipates. It goes away. The personality, relying on its forces alone, cannot be strong any longer. It's like we're running on a battery that is all of a sudden empty because there was only a certain amount of battery life and it's now gone. 
only by connecting to the soul can we plug in our personality to the source that will enable real and sustainable strength. This source no longer has a predetermined number of battery life hours. It is, however, important to note two things. Much can be accomplished with the strength gained from the personality this way, while the forces last. And a, not, a note of caution. The forces of materialism work with this personality-based strength. And they too can accomplish a lot, but never on a very sustainable basis. The basis for sustainable strength is the identification with the soul, not with the personality. Those of us on the spiritual path can count on regular daily meditation, a constant state of highest aspiration for the emotional body, and a life focused on service for and with others as helping tools. These tools keep us plugged to the source. Strength is spiritual grit and perseverance. It means the ability to carry on according to the soul's wishes, regardless of outcomes and circumstances. A useful approach here could be to remain invested in the process, not the outcome. I also think that being invested in the process brings us joy as well. Often, when we think we follow the soul, we still have a certain outcome in mind that we would like to achieve. There could be karmic reasons for the outcomes we're getting. We just don't have all the information at all times about situations and challenges that arise in our daily lives. The only thing we know for certain is that the best way to manage always is to implement soul qualities like love, compassion, wisdom, sharing, and follow our intuition for decision-making. Strength is the ability to focus on the real versus the unreal. The strength comes from the soul, but is implemented by the integrated personality in the physical world. Strength enables harmlessness and divine indifference. Since these two are based on right priorities, which are those compatible with the soul. The rest, the unreal, is there. And it doesn't bother us that it is there, but it is not the focal point of our lives, and it isn't the main driver of our actions. Strength is right motivation. It is worth checking our motivation before acting every time. When we don't take the time, it is so easy to get carried away by the calculations of the concrete mind, which could often mean acting out of a point of selfishness, and we don't even notice it. Also, strength is not to be confused with assertiveness, which is a personality trait. Not having time is a particular danger today as the speed of everything is so much greater and there is so much information overload. It is often hard to take the time to focus on the soul amid daily decision-making, even for a few minutes. It is interesting to note and somewhat sinister that exactly the speeding, speeding up 
causes us to react fast in situations. And this gets us away from the source of soul energies. This, over time, in turn makes us spiritually weaker. And spiritual weakness eventually will manifest itself in physical plane weakness. There is a growing sense of realization um, of this in the world today, however, and even those not yet conscious of the existence of the soul demand a slowing down sometimes. Some corporate meetings at Google, for example, start with a moment of silence now. The spread of mindfulness can also be interpreted as an attempt to get closer to the soul and draw strength from it. Humanity is getting to the realization that living with a forever source of energy is so much better than with finite battery life. Strength is the will of the soul. Strength means knowledge and the confidence of knowing. It means never losing sight of the hierarchical plan. Humanity's role in it. The new group of world servers role in it and our personal responsibility in it as much as we can grasp it. I would like to emphasize group consciousness as well. It is through group work in the new group of world servers that we multiply our individual strength. I keep coming back to the point that we need to choose the soul over the personality at all times, over and over again, as a point of mental identification, but also as a practical point of action. But when are we really fully in alignment with the soul? I would like to offer the following quote that might be helpful. This is from uh, Raise and Initiations by Alice Bailey, uh, volume five. Sacrifice is really complete conformity to the will of God. When the little will is merged with the will of God, we are free, joyous, and strong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judith. Yeah, when you were speaking, I was reflecting on the point that you raised towards the end of your talk when you spoke of the fact that strength comes primarily through group work. And um, I wondered if both of you could share a little bit more on the group nature of both strength and joy. Do you have any other additional thoughts? I am feeling both when I am with you, um, the triangles group. Yeah. Every time we're together, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it, that is, there is a joy in triangles for sure. Yeah. We're strong together. Thomas, how about you? Yes. I think I can just fully share as, uh, as Judith said, I think it's uh, it's a real joy and strength when one can be together in triangles and to uh, um, to feel the alignment, which is which is here, I think, much stronger than would be just on an individual level. So, yeah, that's thank you very much for that. 
I th- I thought it was interesting in the passage in I think it was in the Raisin Initiation where the Tibetan speaks of joy and strength as two qualities that will come to define the new group of world servers increasingly as we move into the Aquarian age. And he said that there was a precursor to this in the camps that were developed for the training of young people um, in Nazi Germany. Um, Most of you probably know there were training camps that were sort of like boot camps, wherein the young people dedicated themselves to um, the Fuhrer, really. And the Tibetans said that their, their motto was joy through strength. Um, and of course, that was a, a, a glamorization of the truth of where we should place our focus, not on um, devotion to an individual leader of a, of a country that was trying to dominate the planet. But we can imagine as we move into the Aquarian age when there are similar camps, but with a focus on joy through strength training for young people everywhere dedicated to the service of humanity. So I think um, these are keynotes that are really needed in youth today because there's so much um, so much of youth culture that is not aligned with the soul, as you were saying, Judith. And I know, Judith, you work in the field of education and do you have anything that you might like to share about these qualities in their application to the young? And I know, Thomas, you are a father of a young daughter, so you probably have some thoughts as well. Kathy, first of all, I want to say that those training camps in Germany that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I was thinking about those as I was writing my talk because um when I said that the forces of the personality are capable of great achievements without soul impact and how mm. the, the, for, the dark forces often use this, that's yeah. actually what I had in mind. Mm. Um, there, was a, there was a focus on the physical in those camps. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really great that you mentioned them as well. Uh, hopefully we have moved beyond that. Um, what I see as very um, promising, you know, I work in, in Central Europe um, for a foundation that runs a, a school. And what I see now, which wasn't even there when I worked in education 10 years ago in international education, but it's there now. It's the focus on cooperation and teamwork, even for first graders, for little six or seven year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many projects now and, um, there's also an emphasis on not competing with each other, um, which, you know, the European school systems kind of had that a little bit. Um, and now they have, they have that less. So I think this is a, a good first step um, in the right direction. Thank you. Thomas, any thoughts? Sure, with, with pleasure. Um, let me, as, as you ask, my, my, my daughter will be very happy to share with you. Uh, in a certain sense, uh, I, uh, I feel that my daughter is a much older soul than, than myself. And uh, quite often I experience that uh, uh, the education which is coming 
is not so much coming from my side, but much more from her side towards me. And uh, sometimes she just asks some questions, but it's it's much more uh, to uh, uh, just to uh, just to see what what she already knows. So it's it's just uh, just just sharing that sometimes it's interesting in education when you somehow realize that your uh, your child is is basically educating you <laughs> much much more than maybe vice vice versa. And uh, maybe a second point I wanted just to share shortly. Um, <clears throat> I, I feel lots of uh, not just repeating the word joy, but I think feel lots of um, happiness that uh, I work a lot with doctors. Uh, who often, I think, uh, are very much based on uh, uh, only concrete and uh, and let's say scientific and and very much approved uh, concepts, which which are necessary because they they deal with health. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I, I can say that very often one can meet people who are true servers, uh, who really take uh, who really care about uh, the health and well-being of uh, of people. And it's uh, it's very nice to see and uh, be happy with that. I do not say that all um, all are saying, but yet I think this tendency is strong. And basically, I think doctors do make and do do take this 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 kind of uh, promise at the very beginning of uh, of, uh, of their work. And uh, I'm I'm just happy to to work in this uh, in this field, even though I I'm not a doctor. I'm 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 just a technician. Thank you. Yeah. Well. Maybe it's time now to take all of these thoughts, all of this sharing on joy and strength, and move into the final phase of our webinar today. And we'll certainly share the um, chat with Tomas and Judith, and they'll be able to respond to any questions that you might have. So thank you. Thank you both so much. And thank you for everyone in the audience for your participation. So let's now close with our Triangles webinar meditation, energizing the planetary network of triangles. So we come together as a group unity on the mental plane. And we identify as a soul with the world group functioning through three planetary centers, London, Geneva, and New York as a triangle of light. And we extend the identification through the soul to the new group of world servers. To the spiritual hierarchy. And to the Christ at the center of hierarchy. And the transcendent point of synthesis at the center of every triangle.
and we extend that alignment to the triangle of energies standing behind the Christ. And we identify the center Shambhala, the center of purpose and power. And now we recognize the synthesis of three streams of cosmic energy within Shambhala, where the will of God is known. And we use the dedication. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Now visualize a network of lighted triangles underlying the entire outer world of physical life and events. And visualize the network linking all triangle units, relating all points of light throughout the world. Relating the world of spiritual realities, the hierarchy, to the world of experience, humanity, and acting as a channel of distribution within humanity for the spiritual energies pouring through the hierarchy. and see this network transforming the planetary etheric vehicle to receive and circulate the energies of the soul and the triad, will, love, 
and light. Realize that the energies of light, love, and the will to good evoked by all triangles workers pulsating through the planetary network of triangles are having an inevitable effect with, within the three worlds, mental, emotional, and etheric of human evolution, lifting human consciousness and helping to create the path of light for the feet of the Christ. Reflect on the purpose, function, and right development of the Triangles Network as an hierarchical activity.
blended with the group, stand with positive intent as a station of radiant light within the network of light and goodwill. Sound the adapted great invocation, directing the triple energies through the triangle's network and throughout the consciousness of all humanity. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power, restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now we just have a few announcements of our upcoming meetings. 
tomorrow, the exact day of the Sagittarius new moon, we'll be holding meetings in the London headquarters at 6.30 GMT. And here in New York, our meeting will include the exact time of the full moon, and we'll begin at 6 p.m. So we hope you can make those. And this month's Goodwill webinar is canceled due to the holidays. And the next Triangles Meditation Group webinar is on Monday, June 8th. And we look forward to seeing all of you there. So let's just close as we do by visualizing the planet surrounded by the network of triangles, linking with one another. and sounding the OM. Thank you.